Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Well, he's sitting now, healed, filled with the Spirit, He is sitting now in the synagogue and he's saying, listen, guys, he's speaking to his brethren. He's speaking to other Pharisees, Jewish people. And he says, listen, I'm telling you, I was wrong. I've been wrong for a long time. I've been searching the scriptures and I'm telling you that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the son of God. This is what the Bible says. And everyone, according to the scriptures that heard him, were amazed. And they said, what is this? What is this guy doing? Isn't that the serial killer from Jerusalem? They're they're perplexed. They're wondering. All this preaching stuff, they're thinking is just a cover. He's come to kill us, they said. But Saul continued to preach Jesus and confounded the Jews in Damascus, proving that Jesus is the very Christ, that Jesus is the very Messiah. And then look at verse 23 in your Bible. After some days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill him after many days. Now, how many days is many days? I'll tell you, we know exactly how many days is many days. Taking notes, write this in the margin of your Bible. 1,095 days. 1,095 days is three years. Paul's talking about a time of three-year period where he was in the desert of Arabia. I had you put your finger in Galatians. Turn there now to Galatians chapter 1 and look at verse 14 through 18. This is what he says about these many days. After many days in verse 14, you there say amen. I advanced in Judaism, he says, beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my father. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not notice immediately confer with flesh and blood, and nor did I go to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went where, saints? To Arabia and returned to where? Damascus. And then after what? Three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see who? Peter, and remained with him for how long? Fifteen days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. So we know. Saul got saved in Damascus, and then he went to Arabia. Now note this, after being a brand new Christian and sharing Christ in the synagogues, notice this. Watch this. Listen to me close. Give me your attention. Brand new Christian sharing Christ in the synagogues. You would think that God would say, okay, Paul, you, Paul, Saul, you got this. You, you're, you're a good student. 
Go now into the ministry. Go preach to your brethren. Because there's a lot of folks to be saved. You would think God would do that. No, that didn't happen that way. He was a new Christian sharing Christ in the synagogue. And God takes him into the desert of Arabia for three years. For three years. Now, there are a lot of people and seminaries around the country even that will offer you a DD. You know what a DD is in in seminary? That's a doctorate of divinity. You can get a doctorate of divinity. Well, listen, Paul had a DD as well, but it was a doctrine of the desert. Amen. He spent three years in the desert. Do you know that God, I find that God likes to give his people a desert education. Did you know that? You see, and and why? Because God, listen to this, watch this. God uses a desert education to prepare you for the ministry and for the work he has for you to do. God uses that. You see, if you're going to be used by God, you got to get your DD. You know, the world say you need a BA, you need an MBA, you need a PhD, you need a DVD. <laughs> God says you need a DD. That's a doctorate of the desert. When God is preparing a man or a woman, listen very closely. God has to put you in the desert. How do you know? Why do you say that, Rodney? Well, search the scriptures. You'll see that the men that God used, the men that God used for a mighty calling, God prepared them in the desert. And then they came forth and they were prepared and ready to be used of God. You know the story in Moses. Moses spent 40 years in the backside of the desert. God sent Abraham from Ur to the desert. David spent time in the hillsides quiet and alone. Elijah and many of the other prophets spent time in the desert and it won't be any different for you saints. If you're going to be used of God, you're going to have to get your DD. Why? Listen, very important. It's in the desert. It's in this time of isolation in the desert that God gives revelation. Write that down. It's in the time of isolation that God gives revelation. He reveals himself. It was in the time that Paul was in Arabia in this dark and and lonely and dry, isolated place that God began to teach him many things. It's in the time of isolation that God gives revelation. You know that when I first came here, and I don't know, perhaps I've told you this in the past, But when we first came here, and guys, I'm going to tell you something. God has been faithful to Calvary Chapel in these 10 years. You need to clap your hands for the Lord. God has been faithful in these 10 years. I'm so I'm excited about what God has done. You know, when you talk about what the Lord has done and the faithfulness of God, I am so excited what God has done. Look, who am I? God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I don't need to hear any amens right there. God's been faithful 10 years. When we came here 10 years ago, I got to tell you something. Our lives personally was a wreck. Not maritally with Elvira and I, because we have always had a wonderful marriage, and she's the most wonderful woman ever on the planet. Y'all make sure y'all tell her I said that. Give her the CD. But personally, I mean, our family, 
friends, kids. Oh, our lives were terrible. And, and honestly, I'll tell you something. For two or three years in my life personally, before coming here, it, we came here just totally by faith, not knowing what God was going to do, not understanding, having all of these kind of desert-like feelings and isolation and lonely. It was a terrible time in, in, in our lives and, 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 and with, with family and friends and even some aspects of ministry. It was dry and a lonely time. And I didn't realize at that time. Now I know because looking back, hindsight really is twenty twenty. And now looking back, I'll tell you, I, I didn't realize that God had enrolled me in watching sand blow 101. <laughs> Say amen if you understand. It was desert-like, man. It was terrible. But it was also a time where spiritually, though my outward man perished, my inward man is renewed daily, it was also a time where I was growing like a weed. I guess if I was in the desert, it'd be more like a tumbleweed. But I was growing. And, and, and so it was in the time of isolation that God gave me revelation. And that's how God works. God works just that way. You see, for God, listen, timing is everything. Perhaps you feel like God has called you to ministry. Perhaps you feel like God has a plan and a purpose and a call on your life. Listen, timing is Everything in the kingdom. Timing is just as important. Watch this. Timing is just as important as the calling. And so often we get so caught up in the calling. You see, God called me. And, and, and now you're going to run. You know, people get, you know, we've heard of people getting saved in the church. And next week they're like a minister. It's like, well, what happened with that? Remember that happened with a. Was that Holyfield? I heard Holyfield just got saved. And he was a minute. Was that was that Holyfield? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Was that Holyfield? Oh, y'all know. And, and it was uh, Leon. Leon, that's it. Him too. And uh, <laughs> and uh, you know we get so caught up, guys, don't we? We get so caught up in the call. Listen, God may truly have called you, but you must wait. For God to send you. You must wait. Timing is everything. Patience. Patience. Timing is everything. Listen to this story. The story is told of a little boy who went to see a farmer one day. And he wanted to buy a big watermelon. That will be $3, said the farmer. Well, the boy replied, I only had 30 cents. Well, the farmer pointed to a very small watermelon in the corner and said, well, how about that one? The boy said, I'll take it and I'll leave it on the vine and I'll come back in a month to get it. <laughs> he wanted to leave it there. Let it grow. Amen. Timing is everything. You see, Jesus redeems us. But sometime, watch this. He leaves us on the vine for a while before he can use us. And we need to remember that Saul is no different and you are no different. If you're going to be used of a Lord, then that time of preparation is so very important. Don't run too quick. Saints, God is into depth. 
And you can't build the depth that you need for ministry until you have those desert isolated experiences. Remember, it's in the isolate. If you don't get nothing else I'm saying this morning, you get this. It's in the isolation that God will bring what saints revelation. This is important. So don't get discouraged. You, Oh, man, this is awful out here. I hate it out here. It's so dry and barren and I feel unfruitful. Well, you probably are unfruitful right now, but there's a time and a season for everything. Psalm 1, you plant yourself by the rivers of living water and in due season, you will bring forth fruit. And sometimes, saints, this ain't your season. So chill out. It's going to be okay. You understand? Say amen. Amen. It's going to be okay. So Saul returns from Arabia and now he has more power than ever. They're watching and waiting to kill him at the gate. But then a disciple took him by night and they let him down by the wall in a basket. They let him down by the wall in a basket. Y'all know I can't resist this. This is the first mention of basket case. (laughs) I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. It's right there. I mean, think about this. He didn't come into Damascus the way he thought, and he didn't leave the way he thought. He came in blind and led by the hand, and he left over a wall in a basket. What does that tell us? God's ways are certainly not our ways. Isn't that true? Well, look at verse uh, 26. Get back in Acts, Acts 9. Look at verse 26. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were afraid of him. I would be too. I don't know you. And they didn't believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him. Notice Barnabas, old Barney. He's a comforter. Barnabas took him and he brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And so he was with them at Jerusalem coming in and going out. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord and disputed against the Hellenists. But they attempted to kill him. And the Hellenists, see, those are the same guys that came against Stephen. Don't you remember that? It's almost like Saul is kind of picking up the ministry and the mantle of Stephen. They disputed against the Hellenists, but they attempted to kill him. And when the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him home. Tarsus is his hometown. And then the churches throughout all of Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace, and they were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in comfort of the Holy Spirit, and they were multiplied. Isn't that awesome? After conversion and awesome conversion, courageous stand for Jesus, dodging, you know, attempts to kill him in years of training. Now the people on the same team, they reject him. The other guys wanted nothing to do with him. And then Barnabas, he's a great brother. You should study his life. He's a great brother. His name means son of encouragement. He brought him to the apostles and they didn't trust him. But Galatians chapter one, verse 18 tells us that he stayed with Peter for 15 days. Notice that. And then in verse 29 in your Bibles, notice it tells us that Paul spoke boldly in the name of the Lord and to the Hellenists. They came against him. And when the brothers heard about it, they slapped a return to sender, if you will, label on him. And they sent him by boat up the Mediterranean to Tarsus, as I mentioned, which is his hometown. And it's there in his hometown that he stays approximately eight to ten years, most likely studying the Bible, of course, and making tents and certainly sharing the Lord. 
And then the churches had rest. In other words, the church had peace and purity and power, and the church had progress as they multiplied. Now look at verse 32. And it came to pass as Peter went through all the parts of the country that he also came down to the saints who dwelt in Lydda. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas who had been bedridden for eight years and was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. And then he arose immediately. And so all who dwelt at Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. This guy, Aeneas, give me your attention, is paralyzed for eight years. I mean, imagine that. And Peter comes to town, and Aeneas is well-known. We don't know why he's well-known, but he is. Peter walks in and says, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Now, in the Greek language, this is very interesting because it reads more like this. Aeneas, Jesus is now healing you. In other words, the Greek language seems to imply that Peter could see Jesus healing him at that moment. That's the implication there. And then Peter said to him, he said, arise and make your bed. That must have been good news for this guy because he hadn't arisen and made made his bed in eight years. That's good news. I like that. That's something we say to our kids. Arise and make your bed. Say amen, parents. Amen. We got some kids that haven't made their bed in eight years. What are you, paralyzed? I'm going to give you a nickname, Aeneas. Get down here, Aeneas. Then get back up there and make that bed. Be kind of a cool plaque in the room, wouldn't it? Like right there, right over the door, you know, in the room. Arise and make your bed. I think I'm on to something, y'all. I'm going to be rich. Look, let me tell you something. If folk can buy a Chia Pet and somebody can get rich, I can get rich with a a plaque like that. I know it. My people with me? No, y'all. Entrepreneur, that little boy over there, entrepreneur, he like, yeah, pastor. (laughs) And so the man was healed immediately. I find it interesting that Peter didn't lay hands on the man. Did you notice that? He didn't lay hands on him. There was no rehab, no hype, no hysteria, no fuss. Jesus just heals him completely. And everyone from Lydda to the plains of Sharon, all the towns in between, turn to the Lord. I love that. This healing brought brought glory to the Lord, saints. It it didn't bring glory to to Peter. Amen? You understand? You know, some folks want to, you know, God uses them and they're like, you know, come to my healing crusade. You know, Peter didn't even have a healing crusade. That's amazing. No cameras, no lights, no nothing. He just walked in and, you know, hey, Lord's doing this work. Let's do it. Well, then look at verse 36. At Joppa, in verse 36, you're there, say amen. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha. I love her, which is translated Dorcas. Now, listen to me. If you're having a little girl, Dorcas probably wouldn't be a good name. Because kids are cruel in kindergarten, y'all know that? Come here, dorky. I mean, <laughs> note to self. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm saying, all right? Well, but, which is translated Dorcas. Actually, it's a kind of crazy name, but it really is a beautiful meaning. It means gazelle. It means gazelle. So if you have to choose between Tabitha and Dorcas, because they both mean gazelle, if you have to choose between Tabitha and Dorcas, 
choose Tabitha. Okay. So, the woman, she got a kind of funny name, but she was an awesome lady, was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days in verse 37 that she became sick and died, which does happen to godly people contrary to popular opinion. Christian folks will get sick and die just like everybody else. It's a part of the life cycle. But the Bible says for the Christian to be absent from the body is what, saints? To be present with the Lord. It's going to be a great getting up morning someday. So, but she got sick, she died. And when they had washed her, they laid their hand, they laid her, pardon me, in the upper room, in an upper room. And since Lydda was near Joppa and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. And then Peter arose and went with them. And when he had come, they brought him to the upper room and all the widows stood by him, weeping, showing their tunics. Isn't this a beautiful thing? She was such a blessing to people there. She's dead and they're showing their clothes. And look what look what Tabitha made for us. Look what she made, showing the tunics and the garments which Dorcas Tabitha had made while she she was with them. But Peter in verse 40 put them all out and he knelt down and he prayed and turning to the body, he said, Tabitha Kumai, Tabitha arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up and then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all of Joppa, and many believed on the Lord. And so it was that she stayed many days in Joppa with Simon a tanner. So we have this woman, Tabitha, a great woman of faith, mightily used of God. The disciples heard that Peter was about 10 miles away. Give me your attention. Heard that Peter was about 10 miles away in Lydda and they sent for him. They possibly heard about Aeneas and what God had used Peter to do with Aeneas. And they thought, well, let's get Peter down here. Give him a shot. Maybe God will be gracious. Maybe God will heal our sister and raise him from the dead. Maybe they call Peter to come down and do a funeral service. We don't know. But they asked Peter to come quickly because they loved her and she was dead. Peter arrives. They bring him to the upper room and all the widows are there crying and showing all the stuff that that Tabitha had made. And Peter put them out. He kneeled down and he prayed. Now, listen, Peter was an awesome ministry servant learner from Jesus. Because don't you remember Jairus' daughter? When Jesus got there to heal that little girl, what did he do with the people? He put them out. Whew. And, and then Jesus healed her. And I'm certain that Peter learned from Jesus. And he's just doing what Jesus did. I mean, this is a big deal. He's never healed anybody. I've never, never raised anybody from the dead. He's healed somebody. Remember Acts 4, silver and gold, have I none? Give me your hand, get up and walk. He healed somebody. You remember that? But he's never raised anybody from the dead. So he's probably feeling like, you know, I got to do this right. So I got to, you know, I got to do it right. So I'm going to do what Jesus did, which is always the best thing to do. Amen, saints? Do what Jesus did. So he gets there and he says, hey, you guys got to go. So he kind of herds them out of the room. And the Bible says he kneeled down and he prayed. Now, and when he kneeled down and he prayed, he said, Tabitha Kumai, or 
Tabitha, arise. And don't you remember Jesus said to that little girl, he said, Talitha Kumai. You see, Peter's just doing what he saw Jesus do. He said, Tabitha Kumai. Jesus said, Talitha Kumai. Talitha Kumai means little lamb, arise. Tabitha Kumai means gazelle, arise. And she opened her eyes. Now, this is amazing to me because this girl, remember, I told you it was about you know, 10 miles away, which was probably a day's journey for Peter. Listen, which was probably a day's journey. So by the time Peter got there, this girl is very dead. She's this woman's very dead. I mean, it's a day's journey, 24 hours at least. So she she's she's dead. Don't you remember when Jesus showed up with Mary and Martha and and to, to Lazarus and Jesus got there four days after he was very dead? And they said, Lord, by now, this is my favorite verse in the Bible. They said, Lord, by now, he stinketh. (laughs) That's my favorite verse in the Bible. I like it in the King James, too. Not the NASB and not the NIV. I like it nice like the King Jimmy. Lord, he stinketh. Because he was very dead. So by the time Peter gets there, This girl, this woman, she stinketh. She's probably at that place. She's very dead. And he prays and he says, Tabitha Kumai. And her eyes were open and they were probably sunken in her head already. And and they get back in place and they open up. And Peter says, take my hand. And he says, fellas, ladies and gents, I present to you Dorcas alive. And many, the Bible says, Believe on the name of the Lord. Amen, saints. Well, next week, let me tell you something you don't want to miss. Verse 43 is a huge, remarkable turning point in this chapter as the gospel goes to the Gentiles. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.